Welcome to Gadgets for Families, the tech podcast for those of you that go on vacation to visit family and end up spending unexpected time on your second job, tech support for your family. (laughs) And those of you that look forward to those visits so you can get your tech fixed and then anyone else looking to get more out of their tech. Jason, that's not quite as cool as the butcher, the baker, and the popcorn maker, but hey, it's what I had this week, so. No, but it's realistic. That's our life experience. Every every family member house we go to, every friend, everyone pulls out their phone or they point to their router or they point to their computer and say, hey, take care of this, please. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm Greg Cunningham. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. Thank you all for joining us this week. So yeah, I was traveling last week, which is why I came up with this. I actually wrote this while I was still traveling. And um, my uncle that lives with my grandma said, you have got to make your grandma's computer go faster. And she's got a pretty old 15-inch MacBook Pro. I mean, it's not the latest and greatest kind of thing, but I thought, okay, fine. So I actually loaded um, Clean My Mac X, which is what I use on mine. But right. I didn't want to pay for it, so it wouldn't do what I wanted to do. So I took that off. <laughs> Pro tip there, don't put on a utility that's going to pop up messages if your customer doesn't know what to do with the messages and it's just going to cause anxiety. So I took it off because it would have kept popping up messages saying, hey, if you get our full version, blah, 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 blah. And she would have thought she had a virus. But anyway, so I ended up cleaning out her browser history. I don't think it had been done since she got that Mac several years ago. and okay. so. I asked my uncle, I said, here, let me load a website. And he says, oh, wow. So it must have been really, really, really bad. Right. So Everything, everything yeah. in there. Yep. And then I finally convinced her to put a real password on there. Um, one, two, three, four is not a great <laughs> password. Um, but, you know, she doesn't put a password on her iPhone because she just doesn't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. But I finally convinced right. her to do that because. Anybody that got in, she had like her banking password saved in Keychain, mm-hmm. and so once you get in, right, you're right. you're you in. Have ex- you have access to everything. So that was my tech support for this weekend. How about you? Did you have to do any? Yeah, yeah. So my daughter, she broke her iPad, and the screen was actually fine. It was around the bezel, right? That that white space around the uh, the uh, the iPad, and uh, it cracked really good. Like you could see inside through to the Ooh, back of the, uh, nice. of the screen. So we got that, uh, we got that repaired. <clears throat> I repaired plenty of screens before. And, uh, part of the things too, when I was at Halliburton was, uh, recycling a lot of phones and stuff. So phone re- screen replacements, button replacements, things like that. I got into doing that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry about that. So, uh, we replaced the screen uh, at a place called Experimac down here in uh, in Houston. Uh, I wanted a warranty and stuff like that. Plus, I, I didn't want to, you know, deal with the trouble myself. So, got it fixed. And I said, this may be a good time to do a clean restart. So, erase all of those junk apps. Remember those games that just advertise other games. And you play the game for a minute and then it advertises you another game. And she says, hey, I want to play that game. And she clicks on it. Got rid of all of the games, loaded some educational stuff, the Khan Academy one that you recommended back in like episode two um, and a few other educational apps and stuff. So we got her off to a clean start. 
we're going to try to shift her focus. It's not going to be a recreational device anymore. It's going to be a learning device. And uh, she seems to be adjusting to it pretty good. She's still asking for the games, but the app store is completely removed from her home screen. So no more installing apps all willy nilly. So. Yeah, I don't know about you, but like I've done screen repair before. And it's yeah. really not that big of a deal, especially on an iPad no. where you have the bigger surface to to work with. You just get the right. kit from iFixit or whatever, wherever the case may be. But I'm at the point where it's like, do I really want to spend the time right. doing that? Right. It, it took me weeks saying, I'll get around to it. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. And yeah, it had been down for weeks. So yeah, yeah. Was, uh, let, let me just go and fix it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's it's just pay the money and get it done. Right. So, yeah. Well, this week might feel just a bit different. I already warned Jason about this because the agenda, the show outline looks very different than what he saw last night when he was putting some of his stuff in. <laughs> right. So instead of following our normal flow, I took all the items we wanted to talk about and just laid them out. Now, we're still going to have some current stuff including what's coming in the uh, latest OS updates, which are iOS, watchOS, macOS, everything. That Those updates actually might drop while we record, Jason. So I expect right. them today. So we'll go through what's in there. I want to do a follow-up on me going caseless. Um, I was camping this last weekend, so I want to talk about MagSafe and how I'm managing the battery. Remember that anxiety I was having about the 80% limit and if it would get me through a day on the weekend? Well, I'm not right. the only one. ATP Casey Liss, not caseless, Casey Liss had the same anxiety. <laughs> so talk about what I'm doing there. And then we've got some tips. And then, Jason, I want to go back to our discussion on the iPad lineup and the confusion right. there, because it's actually come up on the two tech podcasts I listen to every single week. Both of them have talked about the confusion in the iPad lineup. And today, when I was listening to Upgrade, they were also talking about the Mac rumors and how the Mac lineup has some of that confusion. So you know yeah. I'm in the market for a new device soon-ish, soon. right? Yeah. And so <laughs> it's starting to give me some anxiety, Jason, about what I'm going to purchase. Right. So I want to talk through that. So that might be like our core topic that'll come later. So we'll tie those things together and see if Jason can talk me down off the ledge. Right. And then... <laughs> In the post-show, I want to have a discussion about folding phones. MKBHD uh, did a video on one of the latest Android folding phones, and I got to admit, it looked really sweet. So I want to see what Jason's thoughts are on mm -hmm. that concept. And there was a rumor that came out that said they're working on a folding iPad. Folding iPad first, not a folding phone, but a folding iPad. So okay. I want to talk about this concept of folding devices. And then there was an article that came out about teenagers wanting to be tracked. I know that sounds really funny, but wanting to be tracked. Yeah. And then I want to, and maybe some discussion on migrating password managers. So those are the three things, the folding stuff, the tracking other people and migrating password managers. That's the kind of stuff mm -hmm. I want to tackle in today's post show. So how does right. that sound? Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. I, um, <clears throat> when you sent the uh, article about the teenagers wanting to be tracked, it it just reminded me of something that that uh, happens every week. Every, every uh, well, you know, uh, uh, to I, I see this a lot, and it makes sense that that number is so high. So no, definitely looking forward to talking to that, uh, talking right. through that. So 
Yeah. So if it seems like we're going all over the place, I want to remind everybody that in our show notes, we put out the segments and the the timestamp. So right. if you either scroll to the right or scroll down, depending on which podcast player you're using, then you can at least see the timestamps. And if you're in Overcast, for example, or if you're listening to this on our Captivate site, which is where we host a, the podcast, you'll be able to actually click on the links and go straight to that timestamp. So if something doesn't interest you, go ahead and skip around. So the important thing is that you get something useful out of, out of today. So now before I start, don't forget to do all the things. We've got a lot going up on the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm gonna put the first thing we're gonna talk about as an update on me going caseless, and I'm gonna put up a short uh, probably tomorrow or the day after on that, and you'll understand why here in a minute. And um, But check out the YouTube channel. All of this stuff is in the show notes. Anytime you follow, subscribe, like, share, uh, view the YouTube video, or even just listen to the podcast, all of that helps us grow the show and helps us understand where we're at. So yes, I'd love to be able to say we're going to do this forever, no matter what, if we only have three people that listen to us. But that's just not the reality of life, right? Jason nor I are retired. Um, and I don't know that I'll ever retire, retire, but <laughs> same, you <here>. know, <laughs> something. So yeah, do all those things, help us get the word out on the show. Yeah. All right. So Jason, you're still caseless, right? You had to replace the, you had to replace the back screen protector on your phone, right? Right. And the, the front screen protector. So it did take a small little drop um, at a market I was at. The, the wind was blowing, rocking a tent, took a small drop, scuffed the corner just a little bit. It, it, I feel the scuff, but I don't see the scuff. But it, was, it dropped enough to crack the edges of the screen protector on the front. So I replaced the front and the back. Okay. So I go, we left for camping on Thursday. And I get home yesterday. So four days of camping, everything was great. I didn't always have the case on. Sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. It just depended on what I was doing, right? Right. So yesterday I get home and I don't have the case on anymore. And I sit down at the stool at the kitchen counter. Mm -hmm. And I had a pair of sweats on and my phone was in my pocket. And the next thing I hear is this thunk, like this super loud (laughs) thunk. My phone slid out of my pocket and fell, it was about three-ish, three and yeah. a half feet, right onto the tile. Okay. So it's a tile floor. It's not linoleum. It's Okay, that's why I was wondering how, how, how hard the floor was. It's real tile. And I was like, and my wife was in the laundry room, and she's like, what was that? And I'm like, Oh, she phone. heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so I pull, grab it, and I start looking, and... All is good, except for the front screen protector. Okay. So it had a crack or it had a chip out of it. And then within a couple of minutes, right, I, had, I could, if I tilted the phone right, I could see the line spidering clear yeah. across it, right, all that kind of stuff. But I did the thing because I've heard people dropping these and they get little dents or little bends in the titanium. So I ran my finger around all the titanium on the edge to make sure there weren't any sharp spots or anything that I was missing and mm-hmm. all of that was good and it did it landed on the power button side on okay. the front edge of that side that's where it hit cuz i could see scuffs basically all the way up the screen protector right along that yeah. edge uh. so that's where it hit um 
So that's the video I'll drop. I, before I swap the screen, because you know me, that would never last on that screen protector. There was no way. Right. Did so, you have any with you? Well, I was here. I was home. I had okay. gotten home. Okay. Yeah, so I had got no, that would have been a tragedy if I had right. been done this camping. So no, I no, hurried put last some night. In the camper. Put some yeah, yeah, in the I camper. might. Yeah. I might have to. So I hurried and did a quick video, showed what it looked like. The production quality on the video won't be great, but and then I peeled off the screen protector on camera. So I didn't know if it had cracked the screen underneath, and it right. hadn't. So I'll drop that video, everybody be able to see. So, but this is why when I go caseless, actually, this is why I use screen protectors. Period. Right. End of story. Even, even going caseless. Right. Yep. So yeah, so I peeled screen protector off. All was good. Um, I also took advantage of it and peeled the camera protector off because it's the original one I put on and I had taken it on and off a couple of times and I could see a little bit of, of stuff underneath it. Not right over the lens, but underneath one of the things. And plus right. I didn't know how well it was going to stay sticky since I had taken it on and off a couple of times. So, so yeah, so I replaced both of those and... The with alien or however you say that, right? The way they've got their the guide to put it on and it just went on. I've got no bubbles, I've got no um no dust specks underneath it. So I'm back, I'm still caseless, and even dropping it like that, I'm like Yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew three feet, you know. I, I know the phone is tougher than that, but it sounded like it had enough velocity to really you know, it, it, it cracked the, the screen protector, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad it didn't do any damage. But, you know, even as tough as they make these phones, if it hits at the right angle or just the right an amount of pressure or something, it can really do some damage. No matter how how tough the glass is, the titanium case or whatever, they it can really do some damage. So, no, no, good deal. I look forward to that video. Yeah, I'll drop it. Mm. Like I said, the production quality won't be great, but um, yeah, I was a little freaked out. But, it, and if you guys want to see the, because Jason and I are actually using the same brands of screen protectors yeah. and stuff like that. So if you want to check that out, you can go to our website and check out the blog post that we put out on all the stuff that we up, that I upgraded to this year. Jason didn't do a lot of upgrading. So there's a blog post on there and there's some Amazon affiliate links in there that you can go to. If you order them, great. But uh, at least you'll be able to see which ones we use. So um, I've been meaning to tell you this. Do you know that they actually make sapphire glass screen protectors now? Uh, you know, I figured there were some more high-end ones, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm fine with, with the cheaper ones. Like I said, you get three or four of them in the pack, and yeah. you have a little spill like we did or, or like you did last week, and you just, just swap it out, you know? Yep. But I'm assuming those are a bit more expensive. Yeah, like 18 to 20 bucks, the ones that I saw. Oh, okay. said they were Sapphire. Oh, I, was, I was assuming they were like 50 bucks or something like that. No. I mean, that's not horrible, but we get a three-pack for seven. Right. Right? So you can buy <laughs> right. three. You can get nine. And if I went through nine over the course of a life of, you know, one year on a phone, if I kept it for three years like I did the last one, I probably went through more than that. But I got a bigger problem if I go through that many. So anyway. And then most people can live with the cracks. Right. I can I can actually live with the cracks. I just figured since I was replacing the back, just replace the front, too. Yeah. But I could actually live with those cracks for a couple of months. You know, it's not the screen being cracked. It's just a little, you know, the light little. It looks like yeah. almost a hair behind the screen. Like yeah, if, you if you installing it and the hair got behind you have the to screen. And, you have to tilt it just right. right, to be able to, right. Yeah. No, I had a couple of those, but this one actually looked like your windshield right on the corner. And it was flaky. Oh, yeah. 
So okay. I, anytime I oh, touched it. Oh, that's actually it, dangerous too. Yeah, well, and it was right where my thumb goes. Yeah. So I would have touched it. It was like when on my other phone, right, when I dropped it out on the concrete and scuffed the the stainless steel on the edge and it just happened yeah. to be right where I was holding it. I was like, nope, got to put something on that. So, yeah. Yeah. So as long as it's not chipping, most people can live with those cracks for it. So you don't have to rotate or change them out as quick as Greg and I, you know, we yeah. do, but you know, it's still, it's still good to have multiple ones. I almost can't pick up my wife's phone. Cause Is it smashed it. <laughs> and my daughter's the same way. I just, I just, I look at those and I go, why do I buy you nice things? Right. Right. <laughs> Remember those old flip phones? Maybe we could find one with 5G and just say, hey, just go ahead with the flip phone. God. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do, uh, let's dive into just some current stuff. We actually have quite a bit today. So what I want to do, again, we're assuming that the iOS, um, iOS, iPad OS, Watch OS, and Sonoma, um, all of those updates are going to drop while we record today. I mean, right. they've had two release candidates on iOS 17.1. So if they don't come out today, I'd be very, very surprised. So let's just do quick fire through these because I don't think there's anything brand new. We've talked about most of this stuff. Um, let's do quick fire through these and maybe give any detail on any of them that you care about. So Jason, do you want to start us off with iOS 17.1 and iPadOS 17.1? Because pretty much they're the same thing except for the one item they're on the same. Yeah. Yeah, but I have a complaint about iPad too, so we'll get to that when we get there. But yeah, starting off was AirDrop over the internet, right? Internet transfers. And this is something that we use almost daily here in my household. I was real excited for this feature. So basically, you don't have to be in close proximity to each other to be able to transfer File, to be able to finish files, I think to initiate it, you have to uh, be in the same room. But then I can go out to the shop or come to the room and I'm not standing there with my phone close to my wife's uh, MacBook or something just to transfer some pictures or video files off. So looking forward to that. That was one I was disappointed that didn't make it in the original release. So hopefully we'll be getting that today. We can start using it. So the next one is uh, standby controls. So Standby, of course, is the uh, when you put it on the uh, on your MagSafe charger or whatever. It has uh, uh, analog clock or digital clock face, and it has a couple of controls there. Um, <clears throat> they're adding a feature where uh, well, they're adding more controls to that, right? Some just some more options. So not really a big deal. I don't know if anybody's really um, using this like. You know what I mean? If it was the the breakout feature that they wanted to be, right? Yeah. I know you're using it because you're you're new to MagSafe. Yeah, I mean, uh, me, I like I it. I find it distracting. I I do find it a bit distracting on my desk. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do like the fact that now you'll be able to say never turn the always on display off, turn it off automatically, uh, after 20 seconds, so you have a little bit more finite control. Because I was confused about this the first time I had sleep mode on, and the always on display was turning off within like a few seconds and it still does it automatically and automatically essentially means that if you're if you don't interact with or it can't tell that you're looking at the phone for a while it's going to turn the always on display off which is a good thing for battery right so but now you have a little bit more finite controls these are not the finite controls i want for standby i want more widget controls i want more you know some of the other stuff that needs to come for standby but hey at least they're showing us with this one and one other feature that we've 
that we'll talk about eventually, at least are showing that they can go in and update some of this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So Apple Music updates, it was mostly just around being able to favorite songs and stuff from widgets and things like that. Not really a big deal to me because I don't use uh, Apple Music like at all. I let so many three-month trials pass me by whenever we buy new devices. Uh, do you get any use out of that or is that a big deal for you? Yeah, I mean, I do favorite stuff, um, but it's mostly artists that I favorite so that I get notified right. when they release something new. Um and I the customizing the playlists, I've just not got around to doing some of that kind of stuff. So right. we'll see. Um, the other one, the at the bottom of your playlist to be able to suggest songs that might go well in your playlist, mm -hmm. I'll try that at some point. But my music takes are pretty specific; they're fairly yeah. broad. I mean, I'll listen to everything from opera to you know modern stuff, you know, across the board. About the only thing I don't mm -hmm. listen to is. Um, rap and and some of the techno kind of stuff but You're right i I right. just don't i've never really found apple's curation stuff to be in alignment with my taste so right so the next thing is um some updates to the wallet so i see you have the, um so you can see balances and things like that within the wallet uh, i see you, uh, you have discover here that slipped past me so I'm actually excited to see that in, in action. I want to see that work. That's something I, I may get some use out of. Uh, photo shelf on the lock screen. I didn't realize that this wasn't this. This was one of the features because I didn't. I, I hadn't used it. I didn't realize this was one of the features that got left out in uh in the seven in the original release of seventeen. Yeah, I mean, this is just the ability to be able to specify which ones it's shuffling. Before I actually use Photo Shuffle, but I added the photos I wanted on there manually. So I think mm -hmm. this is just more the ability to do albums and people and nature, and which is actually what I do on the standby mode on the one standby screen that I have in my office. Is I have it shuffle a few key categories of stuff, um, right. and I like that, but um, still can be a little distracting. Yeah, yeah. See, so I thought. I thought that was all included in 17. It was just one of those features I didn't use that I didn't realize didn't make the cut. So, um, but yeah, maybe I'll play around with it after a few weeks. We'll see. So action button pocket mode. So tell me about this because that I don't have the action button, of course, on the phone. So um, is this one of the things you had been waiting for? No, because this is people accidentally pressing the action button and it doing whatever it's supposed to do when it's in their pocket. Okay. So now it's using the all of the, the accelerometer and all of the sensors and stuff to know that it's in your pocket. And right. it's going to make you hold the button even longer than you have to today to activate the action. So it's just supposed to do, you know, less um less accidental activations okay. of the button. So I'm not excited about this. I could care less about this because I don't have that problem. What I what this tells me is that they have the ability to customize the action yes. button and they can do more with it. So please give me a double press, give me a triple <laughs> press and give me a long press. You can already do that with the power button. You can yep. single press to turn off the phone. You can double, double press, press to activate to Apple wallet. wallet. Yep. And yep. you can triple press as an accessibility thing. So right. just do it with the action button. Come on. Yeah. I'm sure it's coming and I'm sure there's a reason why 
you know, of course, we'll never know the reason why they didn't include it because Apple always does weird stuff. But yeah, I'm sure it's coming. So, of course, there's some bug fixes. Uh, I've seen pictures of that burn in. They're calling it burn in. It's not actually yeah. burn in, right? Not like a LCD screen or old plasma monitor or something like that. But it does give some ghosting on the screen. So uh, people have been seeing that. Some other bug fixes. Uh, that problem we mentioned last week where the phone was rebooted or like me, I'll grab the phone because the screen is off and I'm reading with the Apple logo. So there's still no fix for that. There's still no update on, on no news on that. Nothing. Apple hasn't said yeah. anything about this and it's hit a lot of press. So I, I'm surprised. And But here's what I noticed. And matter of fact, I probably should check and make sure that my phone actually backed up last night. So I was camping and so I was not on Wi-Fi mm -hmm. um Thursday through until I got home yesterday. And I did not notice a single respring or restart of my phone overnight while I was gone. And I had okay. been seeing it about every other day. So I wonder does it have something to do with your iCloud backup and it's running those processes at night right? or something like that. So, I mean, I can't confirm that. I'm not, I'm not an expert with that, but it just, I just thought it was funny that either they fixed something in the back end and it stopped doing it. I'll see. It didn't mm -hmm. do it this morning that I noticed or has something to do with those processes that are, you know, running your backups up to the cloud overnight or something like that. So we'll see, but yeah, right. no word, which I'm surprised they haven't said anything about it. Okay. Well, I hadn't noticed it in a few days, but that doesn't mean it's fixed because it didn't happen every night, right? Yeah. It, it would happen once or twice a week. So, and we're just getting started this week. So we'll see. Hopefully they did fix it. Maybe it's one of those days where they just fix it and like, hey, we don't even have to say anything about it. It's good. Yeah. So moving on to iPad OS 17.1. I actually was a little frustrated because I'm like, okay, I'm seeing all the videos for iOS. I'm like, okay, let's see what the changes are with iPad OS, right? Because that's my that's my jam right there. That's my main device. Nothing. I'm like, okay, nope. well maybe my usual guys hadn't put out anything. Let me give it a few more hours <laughs> and I look and I'm like, nothing. So there's nothing new worth noting. Probably some bug fixes, some security, some background things like that. But there's nothing new worth noting. In iPadOS 17.1, other than this janky pencil that they announced, which yeah. I have some complaints about. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit, right? <laughs> so there is nothing new. If you're like me, you're excited to see what was coming along for 17.1 for, for iPadOS. Nothing. You get a pencil, pencil support, and that's about it. And like I said, there's probably some background stuff, too, that's going on, but nothing worth noting. And I'm yeah. really disappointed. So days later, I'm checking, checking my regular guys. I'm checking all of, you know, CNET, the, the Verge, all of the usual suspects. And there's nothing on 17.1. Give us some love, Apple. Come on. Right, right. So what's new in uh, watchOS? Nothing I care about. Um, <laughs> so same, That's right? A, uh, uh, yeah. They, the double tap feature, which of course you and I won't get on the ultra because mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it's only 
on the Series 9 and the Ultra 2. That's out there. Right. And I want to see how this is going to really work out. Um, I haven't heard a lot of people say this is, you know, groundbreaking and all that kind of stuff. And I still argue that while it's a little more convoluted, the um, the accessibility, the gestures, accessibility gestures that I did a video on, I still think right. they're better because you can do more with them, right? It's not just some default for Apple only apps, but we'll see. That's the one. And then the other one that I know you were excited about on the phone, because I think you mm -hmm. probably use this a lot with your face-to-face -face business, is name drop. Right. Well, now you'll be able to do it watch-to-watch, -to -watch too. And I would guess watch-to-phone? but yeah, I'm, I, I'm thinking so. I don't interact with people enough in person to... I can't remember the last time I went to a conference, which is in, you know, in the professional world when I probably would have mm -hmm. used it the most. Right, right. And I've only got it to work maybe three times. People are just updating their phones. Yeah. You know, I, I guess we were, with my excitement and your excitement for iOS 17 at WWDC this year, I, I thought everyone was feeling that excitement and was going to rush to update. Uh, I, I don't think that was enough for people. The average person. I'm pretty yeah. sure a lot of tech has jumped on board. But, yeah, a lot of people just, uh, they're just not updating their phones. Remember Apple used to release the numbers like, yeah. This is like the most popular update and everyone, like 90% of our phones have already updated and we're only three months in and they don't yep. release those numbers anymore. So I think a lot of people are, just aren't. Also too, this may be a side note. Do you think, because if you're on 16 and you're still receiving updates to 16, when you go to update, you're just used to tapping update and going to update. Do you think separating that out? Because you have to look down at the bottom when you go to software update and then it says update to 17 and it has information. If you hit update, it'll still update your phone. Do you think that may be causing some confusion to non-techy people? I think it's maybe not getting the adoption as quick as possible. So I had two experiences right. with this over the weekend. So we were in, in uh, where my grandma lives, which is about an hour and a half away from my dad's memorial service. And Wyatt drove down by himself and decided to drive up over the mountain. Gorgeous time of the year right? To right. be driving up over these mountains. And so when he went to leave to co come back home, I said, did you upgrade to 17 yet? He's like, I think I did. And so he pulls up this, cause I was going to have him use check-in, right? Perfect yep. opportunity to use check-in. And uh, he pulls up the screen. And he's like, oh no. Cause he had an update for 16 and he had a 17 was still down at the bottom. So he just hasn't gotten right. around to it. It doesn't have that, that key feature. And then I grabbed my grandma's phone to see if she had upgraded to the latest version and she's not on 17. I didn't put her on 17. I didn't okay. want to deal with telling her all the new stuff because I just got done working on her MacBook. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing I can think of in 17 that she needs or wants. And she even asked me, she says, well, what are the new things? I said, well, let me look and see if it's going to break anything that she does because she mm -hmm. does a limited number of things, right? So I just made sure she was on the latest version of 16. So I do think there's something to that. Um, but I still think it's the right move, allowing people to get security updates and not have to worry yes. about, do I have all of the latest stuff that I can have and not go to the brand new? And especially when you think back when they switched to iOS 7 and, and then when they went away from all the skeuomorphism stuff, right? Skeuomorphism, yep. <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff. So I think it's the right move, but I do think it slows it down. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because I, I, I do. I, I 
because constantly, you know, uh, two or three customers in a row, they'll be like, hey, where can I reach you? Where can I? And I'll hold my phone out to their phone if I see they have an iPhone and nothing, nothing. So. But so back to that watch OS name drop on the watch, I think I would use that just as much if we can get people on board to update, especially those older model watches. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy, right? I'm, I'm talking about how people aren't updating the phone. I see people wearing their Apple watches and they don't even, they're just wearing them. Like they're not charged. They're not on. They're not, I, I, people aren't getting the use out of their watches that I want. And when I see people, I'm like, okay, they're wearing it because they're used to having it on their wrist, right? They're used to having it on. But some of those older series, you have to charge those things so much. And I think people just get tired of it, right? I don't feel like pulling it off the charger or whatever. So we'll see. We'll see if we can get people on board, get them updated. I'm going to do my part and spread the word. Say these these are the new features. Your watch can do it. Um, you know, and try to get everyone I can on on board so we can start using these features more. You need to give every single person like that just a small business card that's got the QR code straight to the podcast and say, right, this Listen will help. To this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk AirPods Pro too. So there was an update to these, and I was uh, watching Brandon Butch's video on this, and he's mm-hmm. like, conversation awareness seems to be better, and he specifically said, or I misheard. But he specifically said that other people around him weren't activating it and that he could sing along to the music and it wouldn't kick in and drop the volume and that it was more responsive and all this kind of stuff. So I thought, okay, great, because I really want to use that feature, but you know that I had that problem, right? So I go out on these walks, I'm in the middle of the mountain or I'm up on the road all by myself. Nobody has to hear me sing, but I still (laughs) sing. And... uh so I, th- I thought, okay, this will be great. So I made sure I had the update. And by the way, the tip here is you can't force these updates. Just wait for your AirPods to update. They will eventually. So I turned on conversation awareness again. And 30 seconds later, I turned it back off because it was still doing all of the same things it was doing before. If I t- started singing long, I was riding my bike and I started singing along. It dropped it down. It was dropping it down too low. And I understand a little better that it's going to drop the volume. But if you keep talking, then it pauses so you don't miss out on stuff. And it still didn't bring it back fast enough for my liking. So I turned that off again. So who knows? I do think they improved the sound quality. So it was a kind of a stressful weekend. And there were two times that instead of you know, going and laying down and watching a movie or playing a game or something, I just put my AirPods in and turned on some music that would, you know, kind of help me defrag and stuff like that. And I think the quality is even better than the when I first tried them. So that sound quality, I still have absolutely no issues and that kind of stuff. I don't because you think didn't mention I, any problems with sound quality before. No, no, so they're it's just great. better. It just improved. yeah, but I think okay. it's still getting better. So whatever they're doing to tweak that or whatever this update, I could notice a difference. But I don't think adaptive audio is working for me in the way that they intended. Right. So it's it, the first couple of times I went out on a bike ride, it seemed like when a car would go by, it would raise the volume and drop it. It's also supposed to push those sounds to the background right so it's supposed to put those sounds out now maybe it's not long enough like it needs like five or six seconds 
and then starts to adjust. And if a car is just driving by me, that's not going to happen, right? So I want to keep working with that, but I hope they keep working on the algorithm behind that adaptive audio because I would love to for it to be able to move a lot faster, right? To recognize the dump truck when it first hears it and not five seconds after the dump truck is gone, right? right. And because I actually, the one road that I do a lot of riding and walking on leads up to where they're dumping a lot of dirt from all the construction and stuff they're doing around. Okay, so a lot town. of trucks, so, a lot of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right next to I-15, right? So I get the freeway noise and that kind of stuff oh, yeah. too. 18-wheelers so, and all of that. Yeah. Yep. So the sound quality is awesome. I still leave it on adaptive audio and let it do its thing, but I'm hoping that gets better. Well, and they updated it this fast, you know, this soon. So I'm pretty sure more updates are in the pipeline. So, yeah, we'll they've see. actually done two or three updates since. Yeah, and that's unusual. I mean, usually you get like one or two a year. So, uh, Jason, tell us about the new Apple Pencil that you have a beef about. I'm so using an Apple is... Pencil, by the way. So for those that are watching the video, here's the second gen Apple Pencil. It's one right. of my tools. So I have thoughts on the Apple Pencil, but you start off and then I'll see if I need to fill in anything or if you're going to cover all of my thoughts. So this is all you need to know about the new Apple Pencil. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> so the Apple Pencil is a great device, right? Greg just said he's, he's using it. It's one of his tools that he uses daily. I actually have one and uh, I'll get to that here in a second. So... What they did was basically take that Apple Pencil, which is a wonderful device, and stripped out everything that's nice about it, right? So this one doesn't have the pressure sensitivity. So, and this is to kind of make it like a regular pencil, right? You, you press down, you put a, a, a little pressure on it, and it'll make wider, you know, lines. You kind of lighten up on it, and you can make finer, straight lines, edges, and things like that. Uh, there's a button on it. Well, you can tap to switch the tools, right? So if you wanted to switch between a highlighter or a fine point pencil or, or watercolor or something like that. And, or the uh, eraser. I believe, or, or the eraser. So I switch between the whatever, I, whatever I'm writing with and the eraser. That's right. what I do. And it's just yeah. a double tap. There's not a button. There's just a double tap, right? It's just a right. certain area yeah, no where button. you can double tap it. Right, right. So, which, again, made that pencil so magical. Right. Mm -hmm. One of their one of their standout features and uh, wireless charging. Right. So if you had an iPad Pro, I don't believe this works on the on the entry level iPad, but you take it. It's almost like a MagSafe magnet on the side of your works on, uh, my works mini. on, the, on the mini. Yep. Works and on it my just, mini. It just magnetizes. It just sticks to the side of the, the, the uh, iPad and it charges it. Right. So you take all of that out. And what do you have? Right. A basic uh, stylus. Right. So this is what Apple did. They introduced this one. Um, <clears throat> I don't see the price here. I forgot that. The 79 bucks like versus 129 for the 79 bucks. One. Right. So they strip out all of these features. They give it to you at a cheaper price. They're saying cheaper, right? Or more cost effective, not cheaper. They don't use the word cheap. So more cost effective, $79 stylus. I saw this and I'm like, why? What is the point? I have... The, the version of, of Greg's pencil, a knockoff version from Amazon, $15, and it does everything that the Apple Pencil does, minus these three features, right? Minus these features that they stripped out of it. 
So why pay the seventy nine bucks? My my it doesn't it doesn't wirelessly charge. It has USB C charging already, right? This was before Apple announced theirs. It already has USB C charging, so I can use my iPad charger to charge my pencil up. It has a long battery life, a great battery life on it, and it's just fifteen bucks. So I think Apple kind of dropped the ball on this one. Like, who is this pencil for? Because if anybody wants an Apple Pencil, I'm going to say going by the Apple Pencil is awesome. Yeah. But if anybody wants just a cheaper version of it, I'm not going to recommend a $79 monstrosity. I'm going to tell them to go to Amazon and get the $15 one. The build quality is awesome on this little cheap thing. Yeah, now, I mean, it does, it will magnetically attach to an iPad that has that, right? Any of the iPads Mine that has the too. flat sides, it will do it. So that's great. And it does have the hover feature, which I find super interesting that the hover feature on the new iPad Pros is where it starts to tell you where the pencil is going to go when you get close to the screen before you touch it. Right. So it has that, which is odd because that only works on, it doesn't work on my mini. It'll work mm -hmm. on your iPad because you've got the latest right. and greatest pro, right? So I just, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you want the, the brand, or whatever the case may be, this is a good way to go. Um, yeah. If you're just going to use it to like write notes or something like that, get the fifteen dollar yeah. thing from Amazon and call it good. If you really right. want it to integrate into the ecosystem, right, then you go Apple, and it does have USB C charging, but you have to plug a USB C cable into it. It doesn't plug into the USB C port, right? Mm -hmm. It's got a little cap slider, and that comes up, and then you have to plug a cable in. So I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they said, well, what if you're at a coffee shop doing some work, and your pencil dies? If you don't have that little cable, you're done. There's yep. no way to charge it. So, right, right. Yeah. So uh, anyone, anyone that's listening out there, if you have an Apple Pencil, um, shoot us a message right into the show and let us know if – you think using that hover feature, one, if you use the hover feature, right? Because that's just a feature that I don't, <clears throat> I don't feel I would get a need out of. So if that hover feature is enough to pay that difference between, you know, $15 and, and $79, uh, if that'll be worth it to you, because Greg and I, we, we often say you get what you pay for, right? We, we are anti-cheap charger, anti-cheap cases, anti-cheap anything from Amazon, but every now and then we'll run into some good quality feature, you know, good quality, um, you know, devices or accessories that will say, no, go ahead and get this one. This one's good. And I think this $15 pencil versus the $79 pencil, I would take that challenge any day. I think you will be happy with that. Good enough is good enough. Right. I mean, right. Right. If you don't need it, like you you're said, not you're an artist notes. and I'm not yeah. an artist, right? I'm just, I want easy though. So I go with whatever's in the Apple ecosystem because I know I'll be able to do everything I need to right. with it. Right. So anyway, um, but I yeah. did have my wife and I both had other Apple pencils and we ended up selling them because she never used it. Right? right. So we ended up selling them. So, uh, Jason, tell me about Ultra. Apple Watch Ultra 2 screen issues. I had to laugh when I saw the solution to this. It's almost yeah, like yeah. Steve Jobs saying, you're holding it wrong. Right. <laughs> right. So Apple's fancy new Ultra that, you know, if you remember, I was pretty unhappy that they released a new version. And 
they added some features that ours didn't have, you know, that uh, I was I was pretty unhappy about it. So apparently there's reports of the screen flickering and some of the complications turning pink. Right. So it's having some issues uh, whenever it, it um, the always on display, whenever it, it goes to the on display, some of the complications are flashing. The screen is flickering and some of them are like just stuck pink. Right. So uh, uh, a hassle to most folks. You know, I know it's not a big deal. It's not stopping the uh, the functions uh, of the phone. I mean, of the watch. You can still use it the way you want to use it. But pretty annoying on such an expensive device that you just bought. So Apple says they're aware of the issue. They're currently working on a fix for it. Uh, there's a temp fix. Uh, turning off the always on display will resolve the issue until a permanent fix is found, which is good for anyone who didn't buy the watch for the always on display. Which right. is no or using one. these complications. Because yeah, if you which don't is want That's it always on display, <laughs> exactly. just keep your Series 7. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. That's the point of upgrading it. So if you upgrade it for these new features, Apple recommends you stop using the new features. <laughs> yeah, this is... That's karma. That's karma. <laughs> I'm going to hold on my rant on this until follow-up. Right, hold. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I wasn't happy about it, but you know, I got a good laugh. But that that is annoying to tell someone to not use your fancy features just yet until we fix it. Thanks yeah. for the nine hundred bucks. Yeah, we appreciate it. So yeah. <laughs> they better fix it soon. And I don't. Ha there's no reports that in Watch OS ten point one they fixed it. So I guess we'll yeah. see. That's the case. I think if they've acknowledged this, they will tell us when they fix it. So that means yeah. there's probably going to be ten point one point one coming sooner rather than later i would think so yeah hopefully hopefully very soon that's that's pretty annoying to tell someone not to use the new feature that they love so much so and i see you got one thing here this will slip past me because i hadn't heard any complaints about this and that's the speakers on the iphone 15 having some crackling issues yeah Have you I had just any saw... of these? nope i actually tested it last night i turned on some music and cranked up my phone and listened it's just a report that that when you really turn up the music, that the top speaker seems to be that it starts to crackle. And the article I read, they were with a friend. The friend said, yeah, I'm having this issue. And they played it and they said, oh, yeah, you need to take that into the Apple store. So they took mm -hmm. it into the Apple store. The tech listened to the music, ran some diagnostics, and offered them a, a replacement. Okay. Uh, replacement did the same thing. Yeah. So there's got to be some tuning or something that's going to have to happen in the back end for that speaker output. I mean. Any speaker, not any, but 99.9% .9 of speakers, if you crank the music up too loud and it gets mm -hmm. too much output, right, will start to crackle and distort and do all those kinds of things, which is why I never, even on these AirPods Max that I have, I don't like listening to them at max volume. I do sometimes when I'm editing our podcast because I can pick up little things, but anything will do that. But this wasn't, this wasn't like that. It was different. So... I don't know. We'll see if this comes up anymore or if they act on it. But I just thought I'd let folks know if you do have this issue, even though that one instance, the replacement did the same thing, I still strongly recommend you take it into an Apple store if you have one close. Have them do the diagnosis and have them replace it because you don't want to run the risk of this is a hardware issue and you think they're going to fix it via software and then you run out of warranty and you end up with a, a speaker that's bad. Because if it really is that top speaker, it could eventually affect the quality of the phone calls because that's where you get the sound 
from a phone call too. Right. All right. Got a couple of tips in here for today. So I did not realize this. So I've been using QR codes on some of our stuff and some of my leaders lift stuff. And it always hit me and said, well, if they pull this up on their phone, how are they going to scan the QR code with their phone to get to the website, right? And right. so it was just this thing. And I did not realize that this had happened. And this is an article from 9to5Mac, and they called it a PSA, public service announcement. You can open a QR code on your iOS device without scanning it. All you have to do is tap and hold on the QR code and you get a menu that pops up. And one of the options really? is open in Safari or whatever it is. I tested this last night on one of my QR codes to like one of our blog posts that we did. Mm -hmm. Yep. Works like a charm. This tip to me is worth like a million bucks because not really. I wish. If enough of you want to go read my <laughs> articles that it generates a million dollars in revenue, go ahead. Right. But just to be able to do this, I'm going to start putting this on the actual right underneath the qr code because i always put the website address in case somebody just needs to go to it i'm going to mm -hmm. replace that and just say if you're on an iphone or an ipad tap and hold to go to the website right i mean yeah. super simple did you know that this was available i didn't know and i'm always lecturing people about because so we have our qr code to the company built into our logo right on the on the retail bags uh we we build we we have a qr code in the uh in the logo and when i tell people hey follow us on instagram facebook blah 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 uh just scan that label and they always go to take a picture of the label i'm like no 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 don't do that because you can't get to it that way i didn't realize that this was even a thing i mean this yeah. is like the best tip of the year yeah <laughs> and I, this came up while i was at my grandma's is my grandma and my uncle they were saying well how on an iphone do you go to a qr code and i said well you just hold the camera up to it Right. And then it'll pop up a little yellow thing. And he says, well, I do it differently on my Android phone. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Um, <laughs> but on iPhone, right, if you take, if you put your camera over it, you don't have to take the picture. Just scan it. It'll put a little yellow box around it, right? And then tap mm -hmm. on the, the yellow link that pops up. And he's like, oh. So, so, yeah. I'm wondering if this is possible on older versions of iOS, too. And, and maybe Android, too, because I, I, I do get a lot of Android phones. You know, and a lot of people have that QR code thing turned off. I don't know if it's off by default or for some reason they turn it off. So a lot of Android users, they just can't scan that QR code. So I'm wondering if, yeah, maybe I could just start telling people, oh, go ahead and take a picture of it. Just tap on it and hold it. Yeah, because that's where mine was. Mine was testing. an image, right? It was the downloaded image from Canva, which is where I do all of our image stuff. It was mm -hmm. that downloaded image in my photos library that I pulled up and just tap and hold. And I'll test it on, I've got, uh, my grandma had an old iPad mini. Um, I think it's even older than my mom's iPad that would run like mm -hmm. iOS 12 point something. I think this one's even older. So um, I'll see if it works, if it okay. works on there. And I'll, yeah, I'll try and remember to do that. Let's test that out on back. older devices. Yeah. And see, but yeah, I'm always like stopping people like, no, 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 a picture's not going to work. You have to, and then I go around the counter and, I'll grab their phone and I'm like, no, scan it like this. And I tap on it and yeah, it's, it's always a whole thing. So if this works on older devices or any more, you know, more devices, this will help me out a lot. Yeah. So let's, uh, we'll see if we can test that. I'm actually just looking to see 
Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, uh, Jason, do you want to talk through this next one? Because you prompted this one. Um, and I thought, I thought, yeah, I'm good, but go ahead. You can tell the story. <laughs> right. So I'm always conscious of texting. Great. I'm a night person, right? Me being up to 3 a.m. Uh, on a normal day, even if I have to be up early in the morning, is normal for me. So, and that's when I could get a lot of work done. I'm usually working on, on an episode or, or outlining an episode or, or adding my notes in for, for Greg's episode or something like that. So I'm always conscious of, you know, in the notes, if I add Greg's name, it'll send him a notification and say, hey, Jason asked a question or made a change or whatever. Um, and the same thing with texting. I'm always conscious about texting. But the good thing about Greg is I'll go to the messages and it'll say at the bottom, Greg has notification silent so i'll say okay i can text greg all i want he'll get it in the morning time right but this particular time he didn't have it on or at least it didn't appear at the time uh or maybe you turned it on after you got the notification i'm not sure but i didn't see it and i'm like hey sorry to text you so late but if you want to basically hopscotch an episode because you had outlined your episode we can go ahead and do that and use next week's episode i'm fine and uh you replied back like, hey, you know, no, I got it. I'll, I'll be working on it in the morning. So I didn't want to disturb him on his on his break too. Greg, Greg, he needs to relax. So I didn't want to have any show, any business, anything going on on this weekend. So uh, I've, I always feel a little bad. But, man, I thought, like, this would be a cool feature to have to send messages silently, right? If you have that night bird in your family or the early, right, like, my, my I'm – I'm a night person, but I'm not a morning person. And my brothers are. And man, they go at it in the morning, just like, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning. Messages are flying back and forth and it, it annoys me. Yes, I need to have a focus mode, but wouldn't it be a cool feature if we can send messages silently, right? I can just send a message and say, hey, this is no big deal. I don't need a response back right away. Just send it quietly and it'll show up on your phone, but not notify you. Yeah, I mean, I use this just so everybody knows. Jason's also an hour ahead of me from a time zone standpoint. Right, right. Right, and so I worry about this when my grandkids wake me up at 5.30 in the morning, and then I see Jason's message, and I was just looking back to that thread. So you sent it at 12.30 my time. I don't know why it wasn't showing that I was in sleep focus, but then yeah, I sent my reply it. at 6.12 a.m. my time. So. Yeah. Jason said it at a, sent his message at a time I wasn't going to read it. And then I sent my reply at a time Jason wasn't going to read it. So, right. you know, I, I think it's fine. There's a whole lot of discussion that could be had, and that's not for us to decide about, you know, what are the societal norms? What's courteous? What's not? And I think that's why the sender doesn't have the option, unless they want to override, right? The sender doesn't have the option of, dictating whether it's a notification or not it's all on the receiver to do right. that and i think that's the right thing do you remember back when we used to have to pay for text messages by those sent and those received and yes. it's like okay come on why am i paying for text messages received i can't control that and i think it's funny that on my hotspot i got a bill for a text message that came in on my hotspot because it's just a phone line right and so people right. can send messages to it and i looked at my bill and there was like a 10 cent charge for a text message received, because of course I don't have a text messaging package on a hotspot. Right. And that just reminded me back of those old days when we used to have to monitor that kind of stuff. So 
I think it's good that it's on the receiver to be able to manage a lot of that kind of stuff. Cause mm-hmm. otherwise, I mean, it's voting season and all that kind of stuff. And the political stuff is just all right. over. And for whatever reason, Dustin, when he signed up to vote or whatever in Texas the last time, put my phone number for all of this right. stuff. And so I'm getting oh, all this things to say, real spammy. Hey, Dustin, this is so and so with this and this. Can we count it? And I'm just like, stop, stop. Yes. Right. So anyway, yeah. But yeah, now yeah, Texas is real spammy when it comes to political stuff. And they share the information, right? Yeah. From one candidate to another. So one candidate you have no interest in, he'll be hitting you up the next season because he got you yeah. on a list from the previous, you know. Yeah. So, but this is, you know, we talked about this early on. If, if communication is really the center of these devices, the more controls they can give us, the better off, right? So anyway. So this may be a side note too. So we actually had this conversation way back when we worked together at, at Stewart, right? And we got together uh, one day. It was one of, those, one of those meetings you had just with the, the, your leadership team. And we just talked about finding that work-life balance, right? And for one, it was a couple of team members, me being included, that would work through the evening, right? We, we didn't, we just, that's just what we did. It was, it was almost recreational, right? To go work my eight hours during the day, come home in the evening. And as we're watching a movie or a TV show, me go and clean out old devices out of, out of Zen Prize or, or whatever MDM we were using at the time, right? To clear those uh, uh, devices out. But we got to a point where we were messaging and emailing each other in the leadership group. And you had to put a stop to it, right? You said, hey, you know, we have to be respectful of each other's time. Not only that, we shouldn't send messages and expect a reply back, right? Even if you send a message, that's on you. That's fine to ask a question, but don't expect a reply back until 8 a.m. the next morning when the person is supposed to be on the clock, right? We shouldn't be sending messages all night through the evening, or we shouldn't feel obligated to have to reply back to these messages either, and uh, I remember that was one of the lessons I had to learn early on about not, you know, not only finding that work-life balance, one, not working so much, but two, not expecting other people on your team to the, to, uh, to be able to work like that. So yeah, yeah, just, I, I guess it, it should, it, just to sum it up, it should be on the sender, I mean, the receiver to be able to manage how they, and, and what times they, uh, they want to get those notifications. And and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people just keep their phone on silent, period. Right. End of story. Right. right. And they don't want to have all of the notifications popping up on every single device that they own. And so there's something to be said for that. I mean, if I really, part of the problem with society today, at least in the U.S., is this fear of missing out or this, um, it bleeds into talking about work-life balance. and. Mm-hmm. This is my other podcast. I've talked a lot about this, right? But right. this whole concept of in the U.S., we don't tend to take all of our vacation time, which is already much less than people in Europe, for example, right? And so we get less right off the bat, and we don't take what we get. <clears throat> excuse me. And a lot of the research, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of companies have gone to unlimited vacation. Right. And the reason they go, well, there's two reasons they go to that. Number one is that in some states, because you don't accrue vacation, they don't have to pay it out when you leave. 
right? So you don't get this yeah. big giant payout of six weeks of vacation that you've accrued that you were never able to take. That's one of the reasons. But the other reason they do that is because um, studies have shown that when you have unlimited vacation, you take less vacation. Really? And part wow. of that is this part of that is this fear of if I take vacation, how am I going to be perceived, and are there going to be negative consequences yeah. and all that kind of stuff? And it takes the right kind of boss, and I hope that I have been and that I would always be the kind of the boss that would encourage people to to take their time and to find that work-life balance. That's just one example right. that you gave. But it takes the right kind of boss for you to be able to to do that. I mean, at my last job, job, I was the acting director while my boss took a six-month six sabbatical. And yeah. it was – or a six-month leave of absence, not sabbatical. But mm -hmm. six-month leave of absence to try and get – things in her life where she wanted them. And it was her boss that suggested that she do that, right? He said, hey, instead right. of resigning, because she was getting to that point, take a leave of absence. Let me see if I can get HR to approve that, right? And so, right. which is great. And you and I have a mutual friend who doesn't listen to this podcast, but listens to my other one, who um, a few weeks ago said, I'm trying to figure out when I can take my vacation. And right. the reason she was trying to figure out when she could take it is because Oh, I have this on this day and I have this for for the company and this and this and this. It was always about it's not convenient for the company for me to take my time off. So she struggles to schedule it and get her time off in. And I'm always right. reminding her, you gotta take your time, right? So there's something to be said for that. And so if we round up this part of this tip, right, which is about really was about not getting texts when you don't want them, use these devices. Right, use these devices to set those focus modes, or right. don't be afraid to turn off your notifications. I mean, I got to the point at Stewart when we were working there, and in my last regular job too, where when I go on vacation, I turn off the email from the company on mm -hmm. my phone. I would just completely turn it off. I would go in and I would hide it, and I would hide the calendar, and that was it. That was the only way I could go out to, let's say I was at a, an amusement park or something, right? And I needed to wait mm -hmm. in line to get on a ride. If there was a notification badge on the email, I was going to look at it, right? And then you get right. sucked in to that. So, right, right. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. So, never, never turn it off. I think it's good to, to um, talk about that because these devices, either we can control them. Mm -hmm. Or we can allow them to control us. And what information we consume when is something we definitely can control on these devices. Yeah. I, I took that lesson with me for years since we had that meeting. And I've given that lesson to so many other people, coworkers and, and um, uh, friends, family members, and all of that. It's, it's finding that work-life balance because, you know, if, if and the company doesn't care. Right. They'll, they'll be fair. They'll pay you for your time. But, you know, it, it, if you're going to work, they're going to accept the work. Right. Yeah. If you especially if you're, on, hours, salary, right? Right. If especially you're, on, if you're salary, on salary. Yeah. And you're up three hours in the evening, tightening up reports or something like that. They don't care. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And good lesson. And then you and I went to work for ourselves, which is right. a whole other. Right. Because there's no work life balance here. And I'm, I fight every day to try to, you know, to try to make something seem like I have a work-life balance. Let's do some follow-up. Uh, do you feel like Apple's ecosystem is stabilizing at all? So 
And I thought about this earlier, well, well, last night when my Wi-Fi issue started, and maybe all of my complaints, all of my issues has to do with the issues I'm having with my router, right? With my home hub, disconnecting and reconnecting over and over again when I'm outside of the home and um, maybe some background syncing, some iCloud backup. Maybe it's due to my Wi-Fi issue. How about you? Now, because so I don't think it's all that. I mean, it definitely could be some some of that right but i was outside of my network for the last mm -hmm. five days right and i was still seeing issues i mean i'm having issues with my watch not sending a message when my phone is in my other hand right just coming right. back and rejecting as if it couldn't get a connection and send something out so there mm -hmm. i still think and that's happened more than once this is not when i'm out on cellular this is when i'm there with my phone Right, right with me and um and then last night part of the problem was i didn't realize you and i were both in the node at the same time mm -hmm. but i had made an update earlier in the day on my phone to our show outline today and last night when i was in working on stuff it wasn't there it was right. on my phone it was on my ipad but wasn't on my Mac. Now I've had that syncing issue with the notes in the Mac before and you close the app and open it right. back up. And we had that issue with 16. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I closed the notes app and opened it back up. Still wouldn't pull the update. I copied the whole section off of my iPad, mm -hmm. deleted it and pasted it back in and no changes. But yet I was making changes up further in the note that were coming through just fine on all devices. So okay. it's almost like that end section became this black box. And so, yeah, that could be specific to the notes, but I still, I just don't feel like everything is solid on the back end. So I'm hoping that we get 17.1 and all the point ones today, right? And that, you know, some of that and other fixes, <laughs> I'm hoping that and some of those other fixes are, are, gonna stabilize this so that's right. my personal take uh if y'all are still experiencing some of that no you're not alone um i really don't think it's all it's all on your network so i hope they get it fixed yeah i hope so it, it, it's been a frustrating issue but I, I, i'm just looking for any and every excuse to get rid of this router so <laughs> now and you know, I know we're going to get done with the show and you're going to go tackle some of that. So maybe next week, right. Jason will have a new network set up and that might change the topics for next week yeah. for us to talk through some of that. So, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you guys an update. But just long story short, my, my router, uh, my new router, I say new, it's, it's about a year old. It's having some major issues. So we'll give you an update next week. Uh, the other follow-up I wanted to do is this was my first time really traveling with MagSafe and the new phone. Mm -hmm. um, so new phone, meaning the camera, and you all know that I was a little bit anxious about battery life. And so I had that 80% on because I thought, yes, why not, right? I should be able to right. get through, especially if I keep putting it on a, on a stand, right? I'm sitting at my desk for several hours a day. It's going to be on the stand there charging, so it's going to sit there. Might as well just let it sit at 80%. Because that should right. be good enough. Well, I was listening to ATP and Casey said the same thing I did, which is I just, I start to think about it. And it's not really stress as in real stress, 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 right? But it's just one more thing that I think about. Am I going to get through the day and thinking about it on the weekends? Right. So I actually turned it off before I 
went on the trip and turned it back <laughs> okay. to optimize. I turned it back to optimize because I figured, you know what? Maybe Apple's got it figured out that it knows when it permanently comes off the charger. I mean, so yeah. far it's still charging to 100%, but you know, it takes a day, several days or a week, right, to learn your habits and all that kind of right. stuff. And I'm sure I threw it off last week by not putting it on a charger at all during the day. So we'll see if it's smart enough. So I've got it back on that. For charging, you know, I hadn't bought a charger for the trailer yet because we're nearing the time when I don't camp quite as much. So I was going to wait and see what else came out over the next couple of months and then get something before I get really busy. So I just took the desk one, which is just the two-in-one, right? It's got the cheap, right. cheap plate, and then it's got the MagSafe stand. I just took that because I, I take my HomePod Mini out of the office and put it in the trailer when we go. And they're mm -hmm. both plugged into that same dual uh, anchor 47-watt charger. Right. So I just unplugged the one, grabbed both devices, and took that with me. And uh, it worked fine. I charged yeah. it overnight. Um, I mean, I was never around Wi-Fi. I was out doing stuff during the day. I mean, it would get charged a little bit when I'd get in the car and go anywhere. But that was mm -hmm. usually 10 minutes at the most that I was driving anywhere. So... What that's making me, remember, I didn't get MagSafe certified, which means I don't have the 15-watt fast right. charging, but I never really had a problem. Even yesterday coming home, now it was on the car charger for over an hour, so maybe that was part of it, but I just mm -hmm. never got the battery down. I charged it to 100% every night because it would mm -hmm. overnight, but I never got it down low enough, so it's making me wonder if I actually need fast charging in the trailer, because remember, if I go to fast charging, it's going to more than double the cost. Yeah, the price. Yeah, any of these. So I'm thinking maybe I just get something more portable, whether it's fast charging or not. And if I do need to fast charge for some reason, I just plug it in. I still always have the option of plugging the USB C cable in. Yes, and being good to go. So, so I remember you saying you were thinking about getting a. Uh, a dedicated MagSafe for the for the camper, right? Yeah. So taking this one with you, is that you think that's going to change your mind? Are you going to get a dedicated one? Or are you going to go with the portable I'll... one? Because you see charging is not going to be an issue. Yeah. And then after a year or so, when you would think charging would be an issue, we're going to be on the 16. You know, I'm pretty sure both of us are going to go to the 16. Yeah. So are you ever going to have battery issues with your phone now? No. So that's, that was the other thing that Casey said is, I only keep my phone for a year. Yeah. If I run through enough charges that the bat that it's a problem after a year, then right. I have a bigger challenge, right? And battery <laughs> right. replacements are not that expensive. So my plan with this one is after a year, it's going to become my webcam, which means I'll turn on the eighty percent limit, right? Yep. And just because it's just going to be plugged in anytime it's being used, because I like a direct connection into my Mac. So. So yeah, I got thinking I don't need to worry about managing the battery life. So we'll see what the Optimize does. And then if I don't like that, I'm just going to turn it and say, don't do anything. Just charge it to 100% all the time and call mm -hmm. it good. Um, and then I think I'll get a portable because this was a little bit awkward in the nightstand area that I have next to my... Everything in the trailer is compact, right? right? And I have yeah, this... you got to save space. Yeah, I have this cubby and this was about two-thirds the height of the cubby. And okay. that's a little too tall, and it was a little awkward to get it in there and that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking, I mean, I like the Anchor Q, but it's super expensive. It's like 150 mm -hmm. bucks. But they have those foldable ones, right? And right. Uh, Mophie has one for sale on Apple's website. 
and they've got a few others that so I think I'm gonna look into something like that. Right. Um that's enough to charge I don't not my watch. My watch I need to have the fast charging. Right. Yeah. And so I just I have a dedicated plug and a puck. I already bought those. They're out in the trailer. They just stay out in the trailer. That's what I need to fast charge because when I go on my rides and stuff without my phone, that sucks the battery out of this, even the ultra. Right. So I want the fast charging there and I sleep track with it. So it's only going to be on the charger for an hour at most. Yeah. During the yeah. day. And so I need it to charge. So put that aside. So okay. I really just need a two in one portable that's got a cheap pad for my AirPods or MagSafe that will work with the AirPods and the phone and call it good. Well, yeah, that makes sense. So maybe you can go back to revisit some of those ones that. I kind of talked you out of before, which was kind of like a little tripod. They were they kind of sit flat. You kind of put the phone on landscape mode, and it charges yeah. it. So maybe something good like that for the trailer. Yeah, so I can't imagine I'll have to very often charge both the AirPods and the phone at the same time, right? So and mm -hmm. I always have the option of plugging one in. So right. yeah, yeah, we'll see. Now the other thing, this is the first time I've taken my camera really anywhere and i took a bunch of pictures i actually posted one on instagram i don't know if you saw it but i took mm. uh, a couple of live photos of the river that runs right behind the campground and um it was anybody else wish they had this in their backyard because it wasn't super high <laughs> right because we're towards the end of the season and um but the camera is just phenomenal i was taking pictures right. of the grandkids and doing all that kind of stuff and it was just fantastic so this camera is amazing and right, i use right. i use the 5x i use the 2x i use the 1x and i'm using the macro lens way more than i thought i would not necessarily just to do close-ups of flowers and stuff like that right. but i'm finding <laughs> that i really enjoy being able to get that lens so yeah i mean traveling with this i'm all in i couldn't be happier with the phone right right so I know I had this on next week's episode, but I'll talk about it now. Greg always sends me pictures from bike rides and, and hikes and things like that, or just when you're out uh, running or, you know, jogging or something, you'll send pictures and always enjoy them. They always been so great, right? But now when you send something, one of the first things I do is just try to zoom in as much as I can zoom in just to see how much detail is added in uh yeah, I'm I'm impressed. I, I love that camera. It it is uh one of the things I was excited about for the fifteen and uh yeah, I'm enjoying it. At least through you I'm enjoying it. So <laughs> really good, really good camera. Well, let's tackle one more topic. And so I'll start this off. There are rumors that there's a new iMac. Mm-hmm. And possibly new MacBook Pros coming at the end of this month, like literally on the 30th or 31st. That's what uh, Mark right. Gurman at Bloomberg reported, that they will have an event on one of those days and introduce those. Now, there's the background on that part. The other mm -hmm. background on this is I've mentioned this. I tried. I don't know how I would have been able to work over the weekend and over this trip well without having power close by right. because my battery seems to be getting worse 
And I, I mean, some of it's the amount of stuff that I do with it, but like I had done a little bit of work Thursday before we left. And then Friday morning I had a meeting. So I had to use teams. Of course they use teams, not my favorite, but, mm -hmm. um, but by the end of that hour and 45 minutes teams meeting, I had to plug in because it was warning me that it was going to shut down the computer. Right. And so, you know, a little bit of work Thursday, I hadn't plugged it in, just sitting in the backpack. And then that hour and 45 minute meeting and my battery is gone. So I'm, I'm going to have to have another option for portable computing, right? Mm -hmm. And I really, really want to go iPad, but there's some question. And I sent, told Jason he needed to listen to one of the podcasts I listened to the segment on doing everything on an iPad versus, you know, right. having a Mac as well. So there's some concern about how easy or how much, you know, jumping through hoops I'd have to do to like record this podcast. So I really want to go iPad. If I go iPad, it's easy. It's the 12.9 inch pro, or if they come out with a bigger one, it would be whatever the bigger version of the iPad right. pro is. So that's pretty straightforward, but we talked what three or so episodes ago, and we actually struggled to talk about the iPad lineup because it's a mess, right? This one has this feature and this one has this feature. And that's actually come up on a couple of, of podcasts. So the iPad lineup is kind of messy. But when I started last night thinking about these rumors about the new Macs, specifically MacBooks, because I'd have to have something that was portable, you've got the 13-inch MacBook Air. You've got the 15-inch MacBook Air. Then you've got the 13-inch MacBook Pro with Touch Bar. And then you've got the 14-inch MacBook Pro and the 15-inch or the 16-inch MacBook Pro. And so you've got all of these devices and I just, I lay it out like that and you think, oh, well, that's super easy. The Airs are the consumer devices and then the MacBook Pros are the professional devices and you just decide what size of screen you want. Well, I'm looking at this and it's not that easy. So Isn't the MacBook that? Air and that 13-inch MacBook Pro, it says they have the same number of Thunderbolt ports. But what you have to remember is that one of those Thunderbolt ports on the 13-inch MacBook Pro, you have to use to power the device. Yes. And on the yep. MacBook Air, you have MagSafe. You can power through USB-C and through that Thunderbolt port, but you have the MagSafe to power the MacBook Air. And the mm -hmm. MacBook Air's got a 1020 or a 1080p webcam, and the 13-inch MacBook Pro's got a 720. And so I was last night, I just kind of threw some in there and on, you know, Apple's got really good on their website, right? Where you can compare different devices and mm -hmm. just started getting the pricing for where I would want them. Cause I want a terabyte hard drive just because of all the video and stuff that we're doing. And I want enough memory that I don't have to worry about this thing. And those two, the 13 inch M2 and uh, MacBook Air and the 13-inch MacBook Pro, when I finally got them configured and added Apple Care, they were only a couple hundred bucks apart. That the Pro one was a little more expensive. Right. And but yet everything in the MacBook Air is newer technology, but it's the Pro device. And I know I'm one of only four people that might say this, but I like the touch bar. Nobody yeah. else likes the touch bar. I only use it for like four things <laughs> screen brightness i use it for screen that, brightness right volume that's the and only mute, thing i use it for <laughs> and <laughs> to take screenshots okay i hadn't done that yeah 
So I don't use it for a lot of stuff, but I like it. And so I think it it feels like the MacBook lineup can be just as confusing as the iPad lineup. And now I was listening to Upgrade and they were talking about this and they said, most people should just use the MacBook Air. That's what right. most people need. I think so. And so I'm thinking, okay, it's got all the newer technology and I could get the memory and the hard drive, and the, but it's still going to be a $2,000 machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I start thinking about pure power because one of the things that I do is a lot of video rendering. Right. Right. And so am I going to be able to get, I mean, they'll both go up to 24 gigabytes of, of RAM, but if I go to the MacBook Pro 14 inch, I can get up to 96 gigabytes yeah. of RAM. And so it's just their whole lineup seems to be confusing, right? Now, if we get this event and at the end of October, we might get some clarity on this. And so far this year, no iPads have changed. None. Right. The only iPad change is that Apple Pencil we talked right. about just a minute ago. So if no iPads change this year, maybe next year they're all going to launch at the same time and it's going right. to clarify the It'll iPad be a huge line. Focus. Mm-hmm. So here's my question for you, Jason. If I have to buy a computer in the next three to six months, and this is the state of things for the next three to six months, mm-hmm. what do I do? So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's it's it was simpler when it was just a MacBook, a MacBook Air, and a MacBook Pro, right? Basically, small, medium, and large. No, you know, not necessarily talking about the size, but. You get the features that you want. Small features on the MacBook, the entry level. The MacBook Air was always thinner, lighter. It had some of the Pro features, but in a smaller uh, form factor, right? More portable. Uh, the, the, the body was always thinner, was always lighter, which is the name Air, right? That's what it got, they got the name Air from. And then the Pro was for, you know, prosumers and professionals and, and things like that. It had all of the latest features, all of the latest technology. All of the bells and whistles. So it made it clear what you wanted. If you were just getting it for a school or just needed to shoot out a few emails or whatever, you went with the MacBook, the entry level. Uh, if you wanted to be more portable but needed a little more power, you went with the Air. And of course, if you were a professional, you went with the uh, with the Pro. So I think there's no question from my standpoint that you're a prosumer professional now, right? You're not going to make it with the entry-level MacBook. That's out of the question. The MacBook Air, the 15-inch that came out this year that we love when it when they announced it, we said it was awesome. 90% of people can go with that and, and love it. I don't think that's the one for you, right? So if there are new pros, new chips, faster processor, faster Wi-Fi, things like that, then oh, there's no question. You're going to have to go with that, right? Two podcasts, maybe more. Your 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 company that you're running, your personal life, you're gonna need a little more power than what that air can give you. So I think there's it's no question. You're gonna have to go with the new pro. I think even if you say, okay, I wanna wait for the iPad next year, you're still waiting for next year one, which means you're gonna be stuck on that bad battery that you have now if you don't get it fixed, which I doubt you 
have any interest on getting that battery replaced. You're going to be waiting till new iPads. And then what if that's not the iPad that you want? What if it's just not enough? What if it doesn't have the new features we want? So we'll know at the end of the month, whatever MacBook that, Pro that, that comes out, we know it's going to be awesome, right? So I think it just moved up your timeline. I think, you know, without a doubt, you're going to have to go with this new Pro. Yeah, so, I mean, and I'd love to see if anybody that's listening has some thoughts about this. I mean, more power is always good in my opinion, right. right? And the more you and I get into video, and one of my concerns is, I think one of us probably has to be have a Mac to do the podcast the way we want it, right? I mean, I got thinking about, I could initiate the, I could do the Zoom on my phone like you are, right? And it would still record to the cloud just like it is, so we would get those segments and all that kind of stuff. And then we could probably use Ferrite on the iPad but I just don't know. I mean, ideally what I want is for this Mac to last long enough for that iPad to come out. Because I'm with you, and the more I've been reading and listening to people talk about the M2 chip, it's so much more power-hungry than the M1. That's why you're having problems with battery life on your iPad Pro, which doesn't solve my current, my current predicament. So ideally, I'd like this Mac to last long enough. I'd like to be able to do... 98% of my job on the new iPad Pro when it comes out, including recording this podcast. Because if I could do that, then this machine is only when I really need to do something massive, right? And then usually it's going to be plugged into power. I mean, let's be honest there. If I'm doing that kind of stuff, it's yeah. going to be plugged into power, but it never leaves my desk, essentially. And I thought about, you know, I could go get a Mac Mini and then I could get an app and I could remote into the Mac mini, but then if I want to do that when I'm at a campground, that means that I have to punch a hole in my home network. And I just don't want things to be that complicated, right? right? I mean, that is right now, Mac OS is not complicated as a whole, but maintaining my comfort level with security and not having malware and all of that kind of yep. stuff on the Mac, it's just more work than an iPad. Right. And yeah. I want and, and maybe there's some hardware that I have to buy now that we can put more things in the USB-C port on iPads. Right. Maybe there's a, a audio controller that I need to put in like some of the podcasters do versus just connecting straight into the computer and letting GarageBand do all the work. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some of that kind of stuff that I need to look into. I honestly don't want a Mac. And right. so that also factors into this decision when I start looking at paying $2,000 for a Mac that I don't want, mm -hmm. and then another $2,000 for the iPad that I do want just because I got to buy the Mac just because there's that 5% of stuff that right. either I can't do on the iPad or becomes so convoluted on the iPad that it's hard to do. And I'm not like a Federico Vitici right, that can afford to go take six months and just experiment with things. Right. I don't have the patience <laughs> to do that. Yeah. And I mean, that's his whole business, right? MacStories.net, that's his thing. It's all about that kind of stuff. But I have this whole other consulting business that right. I can't interrupt. Now, that business, honestly, I could do all of it on an iPad, right? It's... You think so? Yeah. The yeah. I mean, and, I, and, and everything? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a problem at all. I mean, 
most of my clients, we don't do video. Nobody wants to be on video for hours at a time, right? <laughs> right. And yeah. so it's mostly in spreadsheets and um, apps that are already in Safari on the Mac, which will work just fine in Safari on the iPad Pro, right? Like I said, I upgraded to Sonoma because I don't have anything special on here. I'm using right. Apple apps <laughs> and Office's stuff, right? Yeah. Microsoft Office. Yeah. And so, yeah, I know I could do all of that stuff on there. Honestly, if that's all I was doing, I think it would be an easier decision, but it's this podcast, not even my Leaders Lift podcast, because that's just me, right? And I could just turn yeah. my iPhone on and record and plug this microphone straight into the phone and right. call it good, right? But I just don't know, especially the more we get into video, if right. I'm going to do that. and then. You know, when I look at the MacBooks, you're like, you're probably going to need to go with the new one. Well, odds are the new one that's heftier and beefier because the current MacBook Pro 13-inch that has the touch bar, mm -hmm. it's not great, right? I mean, the, right. it's not liquid retina display. It's just retina. So the MacBook Air is better than right. the MacBook Pro 13-inch. But then I'm going to give up the touch bar. Okay, I'll have to figure out keyboard shortcuts to do those few things right. that I want to do, right? But I didn't even go in and price the 14 inch because you're looking at the M2 Pro or the M2 Max chip. So, you know, maybe I should go in and do that. Let's see. So a MacBook Pro 14 inch with just the Pro chip. We'll just go with the Pro. Um, cause I don't need to go anywhere beyond that. I mean, you're starting at 2000 bucks. Yeah. That's before I go in. That's, wow. <laughs> Only 16 gigs of memory and 512. So let me select that one. Okay. Well, I don't know what 13 inch. I thought it was starting uh, more around the $1,500 mark. Well, that's the, but that's the 13 old one. This is now it's 14 and 16. It's not 13 and 15 for the high ends anymore. Right. right. All right. So there's the M2 Pro 10 core CPU. So more powerful, blah, blah, blah. But that's all just fine and dandy. I don't need to upgrade yeah. that. 32 gigabytes of memory. I would want more mm -hmm. memory. And I want the yeah, terabyte of storage too. so I don't have to worry about this. I am now up to, before AppleCare, I'm up to $2,600. So AppleCare is probably another 300 bucks. So I'm up to a $3,000 laptop. That you don't uh, want to use in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I understand. I, I understand completely. But, uh, you know, again... What if the iPad is not what we're expecting it to be, right? Because rumors are just that. They're just rumors. We know it's going to be better than, than the M2 iPad, but is it going to have all of those features, right? We were saying, we were talking about maybe it's going to have more features for podcasters and video creators and stuff like that to be able to add more external devices. Maybe it'll support more external devices and stuff like that, but we just don't know. Yeah. Right? I mean, and that's why my waiting months. Yeah, that's when... why my ideal scenario is that this laptop quits crapping out on me, right? Right. <laughs> and that it can wait until they announce. Because I also heard today that their um, Jason Snell on Upgrade said he wouldn't be surprised if the iPad Pros don't come in the spring, that they come later because they got to have the M3 it's chip, the right? right? And so they're not going to announce the M3 chip and put it in the iPads before they put it in something else right and so i just don't know if i can wait that long 
on this and still maintain the whole reason that I'm independent to start with is flexibility, work whenever, wherever I want, which right. is starting to get hampered by this. Ideally, if I could do everything but record this podcast, if the two hours that we take to record this podcast had to be done on a Mac, mm -hmm. right? But I could do all the editing and everything else on the iPad, that would be enough. And then maybe I would say, okay, I'm just going to get a Mac mini. I'll figure out how to punch the hole in the network, you know, VPN, right. whatever the case may be, secure right. authentication in to just record this podcast. I just don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. And, and Mac OS is great. I mean, all the functionality is there. I can do, mm -hmm. I could almost, I could in theory do my job and never buy anything that was not Apple. I could get rid of my Microsoft subscription, all that kind of stuff. I just do it because that's right. what I'm comfortable with. So Mac OS will allow me to do all of my job. Right. No problem Both whatsoever. Jobs. Yeah. I just, I don't like to deal with it. Yeah. The sync issues, maybe if they stabilize stuff, I won't be as frustrated. But the sync issues, the fact that I have to log out of my iCloud account like once every three or four months, mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And then I'm on an Intel. So when I go to the Apple Silicon, it'll be better from a battery life standpoint and a performance standpoint. But I just, I want to go back. I loved when I was at Stewart and all I had was a 12.9 inch iPad. It connected mm -hmm. to a monitor. And this was before it really worked connecting to monitors, right? right. And I couldn't use right. a mouse and I couldn't do dual displays and no stage manager and none of that kind of stuff. I loved it. And I just had this little icon that I clicked on when I needed to go into our Windows, right? right. And it just, connected into the Windows server that somebody had me. By the way, it was a server. It wasn't just a computer that I was connected to, Yeah, it wasn't to, a right? computer, yeah. It was a server, so <laughs> I had no problems with performance connecting in there. But, you know, I, Jason also mentioned it'd be really nice if we could virtualize Mac OS on an iPad. Yeah. Sign me up, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I that, think would, that would be a, a huge, huge... That way we can do the things that require the, the you know, the desktop level OS, but still keep our iPads, you know, just for the one job or the, the one or two tasks that you need to do on a, on a Mac. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. So Jason, you didn't, it didn't help. This conversation didn't help at all. <laughs> so I thought it would, but we know we'll know when they make the announcement, how, how great the, uh, the, the new Mac is going to be. You may have to go with it. Yeah. I think. I mean, I didn't think you were going to tell me that. I think you were going to say, no, 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 you'll be fine with the MacBook Air or <laughs> go with the, if you really want the touch bar, go with the 13 inch, which is kind of in this weird state right now. So I guess we'll see what happens. And um, hopefully this Mac will hold out long enough for me to get an idea of, of what's coming. And the other thing is if I get a Vision Pro, the ability to put your Mac right? To right. basically airplay your Mac to the Vision Pro is there too. So I just, I don't see getting to where I can't have a Mac in my life as much as I don't want to have one. I just got to find out, figure out the best solution for it. And I don't know how you do that right now with the lineups the way they are. Yeah. And, and just going by rumors too, you know, you can't yeah. make any decision based on rumors because Apple, no matter what, what rumors, what parts leak, what, you know, I said this before, 
Nothing's set in stone until someone stands on that stage at the keynote and says, this is what's coming. And it'll be available on this date. If they don't do that, rumors are just that, just rumors. So it's hard to, it's hard to make long-term plans based on, based on rumors. Now, some guys have a good track record. You know, German has a good track record when it comes yeah. to rumors and stuff like that. But still, even he doesn't know until Tim Cook or someone on the team stands on the stage and says, this is that. Well, I think that's it. Jason did not lower my blood pressure today. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, hold off. I, I, we told people to hold off on buying iPads. I think that's out the window now. If you need an iPad now, you need to buy one. And I don't even know what one to tell you to buy. Unless you know right. you need the big pro, that's the only one that's obvious. Or you know you need the cheapest one then you go with that but once you get in between and probably it's just your budget <laughs> what is your budget how much money right. do you have to spend and will it do what you want which most of them will um so yeah I, I think that hold off on buying ipads is out the door because everything indicates that there aren't going to be any new ipads this year maybe hold off until this event on october 30th in case they right. sneak Let's one in there coming. yep yeah. and if you need a new mac I wouldn't buy it now, and one of the reasons German says it's coming is because you can't get a lot of the Macs until mid-November now anyway. So that's okay, how far out, them out the shipping okay. dates are. So That's usually a good indication on yep. something new is coming. All right, so I hope something was useful there. Uh, you see the struggles that we're going through. We'll do some more. Jason's struggling with his network. I'm struggling with my computer. So we'll right. hopefully we'll resolve these over the next month. Um, until then, don't forget to do all the things. Like, subscribe, share, check out the videos. We'll put out a couple of videos. I'll uh, put out the video on the crack on my screen protector and when I peeled that off. It makes a really cool sound when you peel it off, by the way. Hopefully the microphone <laughs> captured it. But uh, do all those things. Let us know what you liked. If you have suggestions on the MacBook, I'd love to hear them because I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would be able to wait even until March. So we'll see how that goes. And until then, I'll just say thanks for listening. Jason, what have you got to close us out? I'll see you at the river behind your behind your house. Oh yeah. In your backyard. Check out the river on our Instagram account. I threw that up there. So thanks everybody. Have a great day. Well, thanks for sticking around for the post show today. We've got three topics. I think they'll go pretty quickly. Folding phones tracking people and moving everything into keychain and iCloud passwords. I wanted to just get Jason's take on what I think I'm going to be doing here. So let's start with folding phones. Now, Apple has not made a folding phone, um, but there are plenty of Android phones out there in all kinds of form factors, right? And uh, MKBHD dropped a video on one of the latest ones. It was a really slick looking foldable phone. And when it was open, it seems like it's about the size of my iPad mini. And then when you fold it closed, right, it's just a thicker phone, but it had that outside screen. So it was about the size of an iPhone 15 Pro Max. And um, that got me thinking, what do I want? And then today uh, or this week, I was listening to another podcast and they talked about a rumor that Apple decided to work on a folding iPad first before they work on a folding phone. And the hosts on that show were actually in favor of the iPad, but I think I fall into the, I think I want the folding iPhone before I want the folding iPad. So Jason, what are your thoughts 
on foldable devices. So it still, to me, seems more gimmicky than it is functional, right? I, I just don't see a need for that for most people, right? When you fold the phone or the, the device, or we, are they tablets? Or I guess they're still considered phones, right? You fold it and it's kind of a mini tablet, but it's still a phone. It is, it is too thick of a phone, right, to get those two halves that, that fold together. So if you're using it in phone mode, I mean, it is a pretty big brick, right? The few that I've seen, right? Samsung has the, the Z, uh, Z Fold or something like that, and I think LG has one. Uh, maybe getting the, the, uh, the companies mixed up. but So in its, in its phone mode, I think it's inconvenient to use, right, because it's so thick. The halves are folding. I don't know if they lock into place. I just hadn't played around with it so much. And then you say, okay, that's the one mode. But then when you fold it open to use it in tablet mode, it's just a tiny tablet, right? So it's too small. Now, again, not everybody needs a 12.9-inch uh, iPad. But it's smaller than even most of the current ones. are smaller than the iPad mini, right? So you get two half efforts in phone mode and in tablet mode that I just don't... I just don't see it there yet. It's, it's probably too soon for me, right? Everybody that's early adopters, they're all just beta testers and, you know, that same old rant that we don't like to hear from people. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just too gimmicky for me right now. What about you? So, I mean, think of my use case, right? I love my iPad mini because right. I read a ton. So if it would fold open to the side of, size of an iPad mini, that's one less device. Right. That I have to worry about. Right. And when it comes to the thickness, definitely they get thicker. But you know me, I worry about these phones getting so thin that I'm going to destroy yeah. them. Right. That they're never going to last the way I use stuff. I mean, I can't imagine uh, a credit card that, you know, that's extreme. Right. A credit card thick phone having hit the tile. Right. Right. And right. not disintegrating. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. So so I think I'm in favor of that. Definitely more so than the folding iPad. I mean, I don't see a need to have an eleven inch iPad that I can unfold and now mm -hmm. it's a thirteen or a fourteen inch iPad. That's not my my use case. I mean, people talk about I don't travel a whole lot, right? And so maybe people that travel would want something like that. Um but I do like the idea of, even if I put two, put the camera bump aside, right? If I put two iPhone 15 Pro Maxes on top of each other, I don't feel like that would be too thick or too heavy for me. But maybe, I don't know. I, I just, I think that would be great. And again, it solves my particular use case issue. Right, right. And I, I just don't think with all of these years of, just having that one black sliver of glass, you know, everyone's uh, integrated using phones into their lives. I just don't see how adding an extra phone and folding it will make a huge difference. Now, there's some people that would that would like it, right? There's tons of tech nerds that would love to have technology like that years ago. You know, people wanted, oh, remember the modular phone years ago where you can... Uh, one company, I can't remember the name of the company, but they were working on, oh, you can just have this phone and you can just upgrade your camera the next year if you want to just purchase the camera, if you just wanted to purchase more RAM and it was modular. We thought that was the way it was going to go, but it seems like people just wanted 
you to just hand them a device and it just works. I don't, I don't know. You know, it, it may be, it's something cool to have, but it just seemed like two half measures, right? You have a not so good tablet and a not so good phone. Both of those devices to me. That's just my opinion. And maybe that's why they haven't taken off beyond right. kind of the geeks, right? That, that, you know, one of the Samsung was a flip fold that was, you know, basically folded down like a flip phone. And then when you right. opened it up, it was like a phone. But that's phone phone, not phone tablet, right? And right. that's not what I would want. I would want phone tablet. And then I guess the other outstanding question is, will Apple figure out a way to do it the more people will want it? Right. Right. Because we, we always say is when, when Apple does it, that's when it's time. Right. Yeah. We, we're, we're talking about the Vision Pro. There's been all to- sorts of uh, uh, VR and AR headsets or whatever. But now that Apple's entered the game, same with watches. There were fitness bands. There were watches, smart watches and things like that. But when Apple entered the game, when they stepped on the field, they made it more useful to everyone. Right. So it may be the same. When, when Apple gets around making a foldable tablet, it may be better than what, you know, what we would expect from a device like that. So. And then maybe the other market that this starts to address is, which is something that's come up a little bit more than I expected it to, especially here in the U.S., but this is the market where people only have one computer, and right. it's their phone, right? I mean, you and I live right. in this world where that would never work for us, but a lot of people, that's all they have. And if I think of like a teenager, like my grandkids coming up in five years wanting a phone or something like that, right? If they wanted that, but they still wanted to be able to watch shows mm-hmm. and do some of those other kinds of things, would that be okay? And if it is your only computer, right, but I can fold it out to a iPad mini size and I can connect a keyboard or whatever to it and do a few things that I need to do, right, right does that make more sense? So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, so, you know, maybe we go on our, remind people that we don't try and tell people how to parent. Um, We won't go into that on detail, right? But I was actually a little bit shocked, this article that came out. And this was, um, it's on 9to5Mac. There will be a link in the show notes. But I think it's Life360 that um, sponsored this study. But Life360 is an app similar to Find My. There's uh, some other features that have to it. Now, I used to be a big proponent of Live 360 and pushed it a lot. Um, and then they had some privacy issues where the tracking information wasn't quite as private. I'm assuming that they've fixed it because in the article it talks about how many tens of millions of users in the US and how many tens of millions of users they have internationally using right. it. But putting that aside, um, I saw this article and then I thought back to the fact that all three Three of the four of my adult kids that are on iPhones, so that's fine. But the other three have all, they've allowed some level of tracking. And they're all adults. Two of them are at college. And now I don't, my one daughter that's here, my wife can see her location. That's how they've shared that. And But the other two, um, they've just, I told them, you guys can turn this off. Anytime you want, they're like, no, 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 it's fine. Right. And uh, so I read this article and I thought, okay, well, maybe this is part of it. So did you read this article? What do you think? So 
I was uh I didn't get to finish it, but um when you when you sent it to me, it just reminded me of of a few different situations, right? How often I see this. So um there's a couple of young ladies that, that work for us, right? They contract with the uh, companies and again we work outside downtown, different events, uh uh parties, uh, festivals, stuff like that. So um I thought it was just me and my family, because my kids, they don't have a problem with, with being tracked. And like you told me uh, several times that your kids, they don't have a problem with it. They won't turn it off, even though they have the ability to. So one of the one of the team, one of the young ladies that works, she's 21. Um, her and her sister and her mom, they all track each other. And I remember this because uh, after the event and we were getting towards the end, I'm like, hey, is your mom going to come pick you up? You're off at like nine o'clock or whatever. She's like, yeah, yeah, I tracked her. She's on the way to, to get me. And I'm like, okay, you guys uh, uh, they track each other. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do that all the time. I want her to know my location all the time. So that was a previous thing. So we tr- fast forward to this past Saturday. I was training the, the new young, uh, young lady. And she's younger. She's a teenager, teenager. The same thing. Hey, your shift ends at 10. Is your dad coming to get you? She said, I don't know. She pulled out her phone and she tracked him. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's he's exited here. He's about he's about eight minutes away, I think, was the exact time. So I'm like, that's that's cool that these teenagers are taking advantage of this technology all the way up to we walked into the house last night. No, no, I'm sorry. This was Sunday. Me and my wife, we went to dinner after after our market. We came in and my daughter, who just got her iPad back, says, I knew you guys were coming because I tracked you. (laughs) This is my seven year old. I knew you guys were coming because I tracked y'all and I saw that mom was coming down the street. So, yeah, it, it, I think this technology has grown beyond, you know, just a controlling parent or a controlling person, you know, in a relationship, just trying to, you know what I mean, assert that control over somebody. And it's more of a safety slash convenience slash, you know, just timing thing. You mentioned before, like, you know when to text your son because you'll you'll see he'll show up on the map if he's in a certain hall, you know, in 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 a certain lecture hall or something. You know, okay, I'm not gonna message him now because I know he's busy or he's practicing, uh, you know, his music or something. So, yeah, to see more people taking advantage of this technology, man, I love it. I love it. It's 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 a wonderful thing. Now, not everybody's going to like it and that's fine but i thought one right. of the interesting things in the article was that the vast majority and they were doing gen z right and don't right. get me started on which gen is which but um <laughs> but things like long distance driving visiting new or dangerous places going right. to an event concert or festival and when they're going to a party or on a date right and a huge number and I don't think this is a surprise of women feel like that is a safety feature yes. and that their physical well-being benefits from that. And um, now they've grown up with this. I mean, like with my kids new, you want a phone, dad has, there's no privacy, right? right. Dad can track you. He can get into right. the phone anytime, all that kind of stuff. But even for parents that don't do that, I think there's still a psychological um, thing here. And, um, I thought it was interesting. Like I said, we'll put the link to this in here, but, uh, the quote from a psychologist said that anxiety plays a key role in this. And this is just one way to feel safe. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've noticed that with, with our kids and with, uh, 
younger generations too, that it just seems like mental health issues are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. There's more to worry about. There's more to be anxious about. And so using technology, if we can use it in a way that takes away some of that anxiety, like turning off notifications, that fear of missing out, or you know, putting limits on how much time we spend on social media, which can have a negative impact on, on your mental health, or yeah. something like this, where saying, I'm comfortable that you know where I am all right. the time. And then the new check-in feature and, you know, Life360 had an emergency thing that you just basically hit a button and uh, it would send, tell your contacts there was an emergency or stuff like that. And Apple, you can right. do that by squeezing which, which, uh, the buttons on the phone. But right. so I, I think this is super interesting that um, we live in a world where privacy is such a big deal where us having control over our privacy is what we really want, right? right? We wanna be able to expose what information we want to those that we want to have it. And we don't want the government or anybody else snooping in on all of our kind of stuff. And then I think it's funny because most people throw that away because they do a ton of stuff on Facebook. Have a nice right. day on your privacy. <laughs> so. Right, right. I don't want the government tracking me. And then they check in somewhere on their Facebook. <laughs> They'll let everyone know where they're at. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, really good. I, I love to see people using this technology for for, you know, just safety and and just togetherness, you know, um, convenience, just all of these different uses to to be able to track. Just to know, you know, and it's weird. The 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 three, you know, cases that I gave were all the children tracking the parents, you know. Yeah. But still, that same vice versa. Just just being able to know what everyone is, everyone should be where they should be at the time, and just. It, it 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 makes you feel you know safe and secure so i love it all right so i want to run some logic by you so i use lastpass as my password yep. manager which is another thing like like uh the calculator you use and the calendar yep. you use why are you using lastpass well so when i worked at my last job i had a mac mm -hmm. and I wanted to be able to put certain things and we were allowed to do that on there. But if I signed in with my Apple ID on the work Mac, then it pulled my keychain onto right. my work Mac, which I right, didn't right. want. Right. And so right. I decided to go out and got LastPass. We got a family thing. It actually was super useful because my mom, I had given her an account because I had a family one. So I had enough spots. So she put her passwords in LastPass and had some shared stuff. So that made it super easy when she passed. Right. Um, Benefited you a lot, right? Having yeah. access to that. Yep. But LastPass has had some struggles. I absolutely do not like how it works on mm -hmm. the Mac. I can't quite figure out how to manage it the way I want. So it's either less secure than I want it or way too secure, mm -hmm. right? And now Apple has added the ability to do shared passwords in Keychain. Yes. And you can do um, biometric stuff, the, what are they called? KeyPass, whatever it is. The thing where instead of putting your password on certain websites, you just authenticate on your phone and it logs you in. Right. Um, pass keys. Yeah. Not KeyPass, pass keys. And so it's just one more expense and one more app for me to manage. So I'm thinking about moving everything back into Keychain. Now, I'll have to get, Karen and Wyatt and Dustin, and I'll have to migrate all of my mom's stuff because it's still in there, mm -hmm. right? I need to get all of that stuff. 
migrated over. But the other day I was in the settings doing something for my grandma and realized that I could turn on keychain and LastPass at the same time. So it'll pre-fill from either of those platforms. Okay. And I thought, okay, well, that's fine. But then what I didn't realize is when I turned that on, every time I started to enter a password that was not in Keychain, it started asking me if I wanted to add it to Keychain. Because one of the problems with migrating password managers is getting all 250 or whatever it is entries that I have in the password manager over to the new one. Right. But if I turn that on now, I think my subscription for LastPass is in November. If I were to turn that on now, maybe I'll capture 50% of all of that stuff automatically because mm-hmm. I just fill it from LastPass and then Keychain's going to say, hey, do you want us to save that? And I say yes. And then right. the next time it'll fill it from Keychain. So yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do because I really don't want to keep paying for LastPass. I mean, they had a couple of breaches Mm-hmm. And the problem with the breaches was were that your passwords themselves were encrypted, but sometimes the notes and stuff you put in right. weren't. Right. So do you just use Keychain or do you use something else? Just use Keychain. Always only use Keychain. And when I went to use LastPass before, it was after one of the breaches. And I saw that I'm like, well, these people are housing some of the most sensitive you know, data, which are your passwords to everything. Didn't even go down that road. Didn't bother with it. That bad press was enough for me. Um, Keychain has improved a lot over the last few years. And um, yeah, it's to the point now that why would you use anything else? Now, I know the whole migration thing. You just reminded me now. I just realized now they don't have an import feature where you can import, you know, a, a list of passwords and things like that. Uh, into there may be something that they'll add in the future because they're continually improving it but yeah now with the ability to share with your family members and choosing which you know uh, uh, passwords and accounts that that you want to share uh i even saw the other day like third-party browsers like chrome can can now access you know uh save data and stuff like that so which was usually a problem I don't save anything in Chrome. Actually, whenever it asks me if I want to save a password, I tell it no, never for this site. I don't want that information with Google. But now, if it can stay with Apple or inside of iOS on a device and still access it in that browser, then yeah, it's just, it's only improving. So yeah, I would recommend 100%. Jump back to it. Use it full time. Now, I hadn't had this situation like you where I had to have a corporate identity and then try to share, you know, my, my personal passwords and stuff too. I would have made the same choice as you. I wouldn't want to mix those two, but you know, now that you don't have that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm all in on the Apple ecosystem. So yeah, right. I think it's, I think I'll make this switch and hopefully I can get it done and not pay another year's worth of subscription on, on last pass. It just, right. and you could do two factor codes and everything right in keychain now. So right. maybe that'll eliminate the fact that I have three different, two-factor apps working <laughs> right. on me right now so that's that's pretty secure but no um yeah yeah ditch the last pass i mean it, i'm sure it's a great service again the the if all you you're supposed to do is protect people passwords and you still had a security breach you know you only had yeah. one job you, you ruined yep. that for me so 
I, I leave everything on the on the devices or in my iCloud. Um, I, I hadn't had any problems, you know, with uh, not retrieving any passwords or, or losing any data, something like that. So, yeah, I think that's a good move. All right. Well, that's all I got for today. Jason, you got anything else? No, no, that was all. I think we shaved five to ten minutes off of our record time this week. It's so, a hey, start. Progress, right? <laughs> Next week will be even quicker, I think. Probably not, but. <laughs> all right. Thanks for everybody for sticking with us. Have a great one. All right. Thanks, folks. Bye.